0: Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it.
1: Views from the Sofa Presents!
0: Perfect. Hello and welcome to From the Canvas podcast with me, Joe and... Hi, it's Dave. So we're going to go back to our normal uh, scheduled programme this week, which I think we've only done once, Dave, which is to review the last fight night and also to look forward to the next pay-per-view, which is on Sky Sports. We're also going to cover Anthony Joshua, uh, fight number four, Um, so still fighting jobbers. Against uh, the mighty Dorian Darch, the first big fight of his career, as Dave <laughs> has explained. So, Dave, let's start off with um, a little recap of some of the fights that have happened. I think the most noticeable um, fight that we've 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 had since our last podcast was uh, Lomachenko versus Lopez. So, any thoughts about that fight? Well, um, the first
1: thought I'd like to say is I called it. <laughs> <laughs> that was tough to take. To be fair, yeah. No, I, 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 in fairness, um, I did fancy Lopez. Uh, as I said on the third podcast, I did fancy him, but I did not anticipate him winning in the way that he did. Because I thought that Lopez would get to Lomachenko later and stop him, but it couldn't be further from the truth. To be honest, it was a complete reverse. He outthought Lomachenko, outthought him. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. Was. Uh, it, I mean, was. Lom- Lomachenko just didn't seemed to have an answer. He didn't. He didn't work him out. I mean, Lomachenko won like the majority of the sort of really late rounds, but
0: it was a bit I mean, too late. I think it was too late. It's too yeah. little Too late. So Lopez, Lopez for me was was brilliant in round one to six, where it was kind of, it was kind of, it felt like it was a case of Lomachenko was feeling him out a little bit and seeing what he's got to offer. Yeah, but Lopez was just doing enough to win every single round, so he would have. He wasn't really doing combinations where there'd be like a single punch, but it would be, always be a scoring punch. And Lomachenko would have not a lot to offer him. And by the time you get six rounds in in a twelve round fight, and you haven't won to arguably won any of
1: the first six rounds, you are in a bit of trouble. I felt like it was um, when you are watching the fight; it was like a real elite level fight. It had the flavour of an elite level fight. And what I mean by that is every punch was measured, everything yeah. was precise, yeah, everything right. was um, perfectly thought out. You are not seeing you are not seeing like 100 a hundred punches around. It was actually quite. There wasn't. There wasn't actually that much thrown, but there was loads of feints, loads of little ducking and diving. You know, and it was. It was a very technical fight, but that that sort of fight you would think Lomachenko would own. Well, but he, just, he just
0: didn't. That's what I was exactly going to say. Like, so you say that you That's absolutely bang on. I, I think. I think you, you couldn't explain it better. Really, very technical fight, but actually. Lomachenko has about four hundred very technical yeah. fights, in, especially like in his amateur ranks. He's, he's, you know, I, I, I stand to be corrected by your superior knowledge on, um, on on predictions. But you know, you, there's a reason why I think he's such a good fighter, and actually, he was just outclassed by Lopez, and he, and, and yeah. he made he made Lomachenko look really average, which I would argue but, is imp- almost impossible
1: to do. I, I joked at the start that I predicted it, and but I didn't. I absolutely didn't because I thought that Lopez would potentially. I thought Lomachenko would show his class early on. I thought later on, I thought I thought because I thought Lomachenko was slightly older and like potentially towards the end of his career, I thought Lopez would get to him sort of rounds 9 to 12 and p- potentially stop him. Complete opposite to that actually happened. Lopez was just the better boxer. He was actually the better boxer. Um, technically brilliant. You know, if he said to me before the fight, oh, uh, it's going to be a really technical fight. It's going to be... Um, Low, low punching, it's going to be really, uh, you know, in and out, lots of feints, lots of jabbing. I'd have said, Well, it's Lomachenko's all day long, yeah, I all agree. day long. And uh, it just wasn't, it was Teofano Lopez, it was absolutely fantastic. And you know, ultimately, that fight propels him right into superstar status <laughs> in, world, in world boxing.
0: I, I only laugh because, um, I'm gonna. Bring um, Lopez back into the conversation later when we talk about the uh, undercard of Chisora versus Usk, where um, the winner of a fight between Lee Selby and a, jo- a, Greek, a Greek person, George Cabosos, I think his yes, name is. Yes, it, it is. Great knowledge for me. Pluck put that right for the back of my brain then. Um, could potentially fight Lopez and God help Lopez if that's the case. Um, Lee so, Selby for me in that one. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a big that's a big call. Um okay, so look, we've um we talked a bit a little bit about uh Lama Lopez. Before we move on though, I just wanted to get your thoughts about the fact that it wasn't on pay per view or even available in the UK apart from on
1: Fight TV. Well I think um so for me, I think the reason for that you saw uh Lomachenko and Luke Campbell last year, we watched that together. Um I think Eddie Hearns master plan there was for, obviously, hopefully Luke Campbell to win but I think he knew Loma would, would win that fight Um and I think, so Devin Haney Devin Haney yeah. is the WBC uh champion at lightweight, he uh, has the, the remaining belt that Teofimo Lopez doesn't have and uh he is a matchroom fighter and I think the idea for him, Eddie Herm, was potentially to have uh, Lomachenko, Devin Haney um, for all the belts, but that's that's obviously not not worked out for him um, going forward. I mean, Devin Haney, sophomore Lopez now is a, is obviously the, the fight to be made. I think he's called him out already. Um, um,
0: Haney hasn't he? Yeah,
1: it has to happen. Yeah, I think he'll get it done. I think he will do. I think
0: at that, think at that, at uh, uh, that weight class, I think there's nothing stopping you from doing it. I think
1: you you wait till there's fans back in the arena. But why why would you not? Interesting thing from that fight from uh, Lopez Lomachenko is where does Lomachenko go from this? Does he? Because you know you've not heard any course rematch. There's no course rematch at all from from Lomachenko's side. From what I've from what I've seen. No, there's okay. Um, so, and I, th- I think I think ultimately what you're seeing from Lomachenko here is he's either going to retire, uh, which is a big call, but because he's still amazing, there's no doubt about that. He's either going to retire or he's t- he he's not in the right weight class. He is a super feather, and he will he could potentially move back down. To super featherweight because that is his natural weight. Lightweight's too much for him, um, as was demonstrated in this fight because Lopez is much bigger than Lomachenko, and ultimately I outworked him, out him, and I think I think if if Lomachenko wants to stay in lightweight, I don't really see much there for him apart from a rematch with Lopez, but that hasn't been touted because Lopez was so convincing. But
0: also Lopez is talking about the fact that he could potentially eventually fight a middleweight. Mm. So we're talking like 11, well, Lopez 11 stone six for that. Lopez
1: is huge for lightweight. Yeah, he's massive. absolutely huge for lightweight. I mean, I mean, Lopez moving into super lightweight is going to happen within the next year or two mm. years. Hundred percent. Lopez, Josh Taylor is yeah. a potential like amazing fight in like a couple of years. You know, we've got got some exciting stuff there on the cards. Okay, great. So.
0: We'll conclude, the, um, we'll conclude the session then, uh, the first part of the podcast, with just having a quick refresh on some of the uh, UK fights. So um, the other notable one we've had is Lewis Ritson versus yeah. Vasquez.
1: I mean, so Lewis Ritson is a really interesting one for me. Lewis Ritson is um, Eddie Hearn's big hope for the northeast, yes. isn't he? He's the, like the, the cash cow. He's like, if I can get Lewis Ritson a world title fight in... St James's Park in Newcastle—that is going to be an absolute sellout, and it would be. You know, it'd be, yeah, ama- it be. It'd be amazing. Um, Could be the northeast equivalent of Tony yeah. Bellew. It would be, or but, Josh, Josh Warrington in Leeds—that yeah. that sort of yeah. level of fandom. I don't. Um, think, I just take, I personally just don't think he's as good I as agree. I couldn't. I would literally just about to say that. I've, I've watched it. I mean, you and I have watched this, written how many times? Like three, four, five times, something like that. I would yeah. say. I there's nothing there to suggest to me that he is a world level fighter. No, I agree. He, well he couldn't win the European, could he? He to so, yeah, so he blitzed away the British scene, got to the European title, lost. Um and since then, you know The European, I think it was. Yeah, the yeah. European title, yeah, and and you know, since then has been okay. Like obviously he's a talented guy, like he's a talented fighter, but is he is he a world level fighter? Oh, I'm not convinced no. at all. And, I, and and just going on to this fight how on earth he's come away with the decision mm. in this fight is just beyond me. Well, I think if um, one of the judges isn't watching most of the match, you're okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, that, so you've seen the you know, pictures <laughs> on social media of him on his <laughs> phone um, at ringside last whilst, um, last whilst watching the fight. I mean, I think Terrio kind of scored it uh, ten rounds or something. Yeah. It was, rounds to two. Yeah. it was Six six difference. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I, I had I had Vasquez winning by. I think about eight rounds. Um, I, I had it wide right, yeah, to, I th- to, to Vasquez. I, th- I think the judges said, I, I might be wrong here, but I think
0: it was basically two or three rounds for Vasquez, two or three rounds for Ritson and then uh, O'Connor, which is unfortunate because he was the one that was apparently looking at his phone, allegedly I should say, mm. looking at his phone, um, called it six rounds, <laughs> called it six rounds difference in favour of Ritson and actually that, I don't know how you could possibly right, so, call. that.
1: I mean, I, like I said to you earlier, I rewatched this fight on my lunch break today, um, just to just to just to really just check what what, what was going on. And th- I think r- through rounds one to six, I had it five one to Vasquez. Wow, that um, it, it was ridiculous. Like r- Ritson just didn't do enough for me in this fight. Like he just didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Um, he didn't have the same intensity. He didn't have the same level. And when you look at when you look at where he's fighting, so he's fighting in super lightweight. So we've just t- talked about Tiempo Lopez fighting at lightweight, right? Super lightweight. That scene there. We're talking Regis Progre, We're talking Josh Taylor, Ivan Baranchik, Jose mm-hmm. Cepeda, who was talking about in the last the last um, podcast. He's nowhere near that level. No, that, so it. so we're talking world champions at that level. We're talking Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez, right? Then just below the, the world champions is Regis Progo, Jose Peter Ivan Brancic. He's nowhere near even the, the level below the world title belts. So, it's a difficult one for me Of Lewis Ritson. Is, is he good enough to take a world title on what I've seen? No. Well, there
0: you go then. Um, and, and one final thing, David, just before we, before we finish the segment. I wanted to... Uh, mm-hmm. Talk to you about Charlton versus Laws, which sounds like yep. it's gonna be like a <laughs> an old style Man United game. Um in training, but Big up the Reds. <laughs> Boo the Reds. Um but that was a great fight. Um so Joe Laws came into it undefeated, looking, you know, like a classic Eddie Hearn fighter where he was going to walk through going to walk through mm. um this new opposition. And actually I would really recommend um if you haven't seen it, go and watch it because um Charlton destroyed him basically
1: looked really good what i love about this fight is you've got you've got on the one hand like you said the um, promoter backed fighter who is you know the next big thing the hype trains going he's he's had you know eight wins nine wins you know eight knockouts whatever um, again thought nobody of note because he's trying to protect this unbeaten record and him, mate. and then uh, and then you've got um you've got this guy you know who nobody's ever heard of nobody's backing him he's just coming he's coming into this fight with a big opportunity to, to win, and he, he was sensational. He was yeah. abs- he was absolutely it brilliant. Was. He was it absolutely was. brilliant. And I think um, I think you you texted me, didn't you, about Tony Bellu's comment? Do you want to you want to talk about that with the the ticket sales?
0: Well, I mean, I, what, what I wanted to, talk, to about, talk about was just the the aftermath of that because. So, so <laughs> I'll, I'll come back onto that in a minute. But what was really interesting was um, uh, Charles when he came out came out afterwards. He just went, I expected it. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was. It was like the most sort of nonchalant response to like a question, like going, "Oh, you've upset the apple cart." Like you know, big win against Joe Laws, and he was like, nah, just expected it." Like, and it was super chill. and I was like, I texted you after. I just said you need to watch this guy because he just looks the business, mm. and I hope Eddie Hearn signed him since then.
1: Yeah, and 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 right, you know, rightfully so. You know, it doesn't matter if you if you've come into the fight with a big promoter and you know you've got loads of ticket sales and you've got this great record or whatever this guy's coming to this fight thinking do you know what i'm the better boxer i fancy it let's go for it and he, and he's he's delivered fair play to him and what was his ticket sales normally i don't i don't even know do not uh, know 50 i think 50 50 but this this is this is like this is what belly was talking about wasn't it he was saying that um sometimes it's about it is about ticket sales particularly at that sort yeah, of level yeah, 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 yeah. it's about ticket sales rather than talent and actually this guy's got bundles of talent. He might not be a big name on the scene, but look what he's done. Yeah.
0: Okay. Cool. Thank you, mate. We'll um, talk about someone that does sell a lot of tickets in part two.
1: Hey, guys. This is WWE NXT superstar Dominic Dijakovic, and I want to give a shout-out to the Wrestling Predict Cast. And this amazing podcast picks the winners of pay-per-view matches and sees how the uh, the outcomes turn out. I think it's an awesome podcast, and you should definitely tune in. Be sure to feast your ears on the Wrestling Predict Cast. So, Dave,
0: as planned, we're now going back to our regularly scheduled program of talking about the fights that have just happened and the big fight that's coming up before we talk about Anthony Joshua beating up some nobody. So, part two today is talking about Usk versus Chizora. So... Big question to start with. Who are you backing?
1: Well, I've got to back Usyk, 100%. I mean, it's uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. I mean, Usyk is clearly the classier boxer, much more of an elite-level fighter. I love Delboy. Like, I've really got a lot of time for him, and, and um, you know, he's brought us some really entertaining nights. But, I mean, you, you can't see past Usyk on this occasion, surely. No, I'd agree.
0: I think um, we've talked about this before, I think. Del Boy is um, one of those fighters that Eddie Hearn's got on his stable that make other people look good, and actually, you can recycle really well. Um, the only thing that makes me hesitant about saying that is I would have put Pavetkin in that category. Mm. Um, you've got, I think you've got Pavetkin. You've got David Price. You've got Trezora, I think you've got probably Lucas Brown. I think if you're going a bit, a bit better quality, you're going Joseph Parker. Yeah. Um, so you can recycle those quite regularly, and actually, you kind of forget who they're all for, and yeah, how you know they can. You can easily put two of those together on an undercard for no benefit. But I, I'm with you. I think Usyk's got a um, absolutely demolishes his aura. I, I'm not. I'm not sure about a knockout though.
1: No, I mean, for, like you look at Usyk's record. You know, Olympic gold in 2012. Hansy Joshua got super heavyweight gold, and Usyk was heavyweight gold. Um, he's got European Championship gold. He was the unified cruiserweight world champion after 15 fights. Everything suggests in one direction. He absolutely smashed Bellier. He absolutely smashed. Well, to be fair, Belly was. I think Belly was really good in that fight. I actually, he think, was. I actually, he I, actually was. Thought, I actually think that was one of Belly's probably best performances. Um, I think he got to round eight or something. But. Um, I mean, yeah obviously you would expect Usyk to win this fight and move on to better bigger and better things. But um, the only thing I would say in Delboy's favor, the only thing, is we've had Tony Bellew twenty eighteen. That was his that was his last cruiserweight fight. Usyk this is, and then <laughs> yes, he, and, I then, he, and then he fought then he, <laughs> <a cruiserweight. laughs> then he then he fought, then he fought Chaz Witherspoon, in twenty nineteen, his first heavyweight fight. And now he's fighting Del Boy late 2020. So what I'm getting at is he's had two fights in two years, and only one heavyweight fight. That's that's probably the. Only, I mean, let me be clear. I still fully expect Dusik to win this fight. He's a brilliant fighter, but that is the only thing in Del Boy's favour is that he hasn't been that active, and actually he's only had one heavyweight fight. So can you know the only way? The only way is always going to win this fight if he stops him, isn't it? He's not only, if he goes twelve rounds, he's absolutely no brainer. But Delboy needs to try and stop him. He's got. There is an element of the possible here in terms of the Povetkin White,
0: where she's could land a punch on Usyk, and it could be, it could be game over. I just don't know if he's got the skill. To get yeah, anywhere near I, him, I agree to be I, th- I think, I think,
1: yeah, I think Usyk will be too cl- too quick. He'll be too skillful. He he won't get. He won't take that shot. That shot that you're talking about that could end the fight. I just don't see him taking it. If Derek lands it, then you know it's a different story. But I just, I just can't. You know, I can't see him taking it. I think he'd be too slick. He'd be too quick. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see if Usyk can stop Derek Chisora. Dillian White couldn't barely manage it. Uh you know, when twelve rounds the first yeah, time round and was it eleven rounds or something in yeah, the we were, second we were, fight. We were there for the 1st fight five, weren't we? We were. Um blurry as it was. Don't remember um, any of it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we were we were ringside for that. I say ringside we were in the gods but um yeah. we, we were there and we, could, we, we could we could <laughs> see with our eyes ringside from where we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so um yeah I I, I fully expect Ducit to win this. I think um he needs to win his See if he wins it, he becomes the mandatory for, for Anthony Joshua's WBA belt and um that's interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm um, I'm really excited about Ursuk. I think it's really interesting to see where he lands. And I think what's really difficult is to place him amongst the top five, ten heavyweight boxers. Yeah. And I think this fight will tell me exactly where he is. If he does Chizora in two or three rounds mm. against a guy that's far bigger than him. Then I'm really that'll be really interesting to then go. Okay, so is he at Wilder level? Is Mm -hmm. he at Fury Joshua level straight away? Whereas if he's gonna really have difficulty for, you know, and win on points over twelve rounds, you've got a question like, and and it's not because he's not a good boxer. It's about, you know, he's fighting against guys that are significantly bigger than him. Where does he Where does he play? So I think this fight's going to be really interesting from that perspective.
1: If he wins this fight, which I fully expect him to, like I said, he becomes mandatory for that belt. Let me be clear, he won't be fighting Nancy joshua next year. Absolutely no chance. Absolutely zero chance of that fight happening next year. And the reason for that, even if he becomes mandatory, is because nothing... If Joshua beats Kubrat Pulev and Fury beats whatever no-hope he's going to fight in December, because he's not fighting Wilder... Um, there's nothing. There will be nothing that will stop that Fury Joshua fight happening in 2021, apart from maybe coronavirus. But yeah. um, but but no, nothing will get in the way of that fight. That will happen, even if that Twice. means, even, yeah, even if that means Joshua has to vacate that belt because it doesn't it doesn't really matter. I mean, the Fury Joshua fight is for the undisputed heavyweight championship, whether it's for all felt four belts or not. The winner of that fight is the best heavyweight in the world. Yeah, and,
0: sh- and surely no no um, no governing body is going to be like. Oh, we don't like the the um, WBO is not going to be like. oh, Well, do you know what? We would like you to, we would love you to fight F- Fury, yeah. Joshua. But do you know what? Can you just? Um, can just fight-
1: mandatory? Yeah, can you just get mandatory? Like no one's, surely no one's going to, no, no one's going to say like, absolutely no chance, especially
0: to coin it in right. from. Yeah,
1: yeah anyway, uh, there there'll be some money given to Usyk, and like, it, it won't happen. But like, but like, yeah, he won't be fighting Joshua soon, um, or Fury for that matter. But a fight that I would be very interested in from an Usyk perspective. If he does beat Chisora, would be Wilder. I think Usyk Wilder is a really interesting fight because they're a similar sort of weights. Wilder actually quite a small heavyweight, um, and I think that fight would be really interesting. That's a classic sort of boxer versus the puncher type matchup, and I think that would be a really a really interesting fight and one that Wilder should, one that Wilder would really relish, I think as well. Because if you know, if Wilder goes and knocks out Alexander Usyk, he's right back in the mix, isn't he? do you know what I'd have really tempting Usyk White
0: mm. totally makeable and totally realistic as well because the winner of that could then fight Joshua
1: yeah. or, and, we, and we talked or about this like on yeah. previous podcasts like we've got like the Joshua Fury fight is like the the top level fighter heavyweight division right now and then there's like a sort of mish-mesh isn't there, of like about four or five potential different fights below that that are all absolutely mouthwatering. Like the the heavyweight division is just loaded with talent.
0: Yeah, well, save us getting into that again because we do do that. We do like to go on a tirade about heavyweight, and that is we love that. That is we do love that heavyweight. I mean, that's where the that's where the action is. Let me talk to you about a slightly lower weight. Um, Lee Selby versus George Casabossos. Something like that. Yeah. Cabot, Cabot, sauce. Yeah. So he's undefeated. The the, the great guy. He is. Yeah. Um This is this is the eliminator mm. for the title, and the <laughs> title holder is Lopez. Yeah. So, do you have any view on which way this fight is going to go?
1: I think Lee Selby will lose this fight. Okay. That's that's my opinion. I think, I think it's too big a weight for Lee Selby. Um, in my opinion, that's my issue with it. It's not. It's not the class of Lee Selby. It's I I don't think he's big enough for the weight. Um saw him against Josh Warrington. Yeah. And I just got completely outworked um and out fought at that at that weight. And that was that was I just I, I don't think he's big. I don't think he's big enough for lightweight. And you look at look at Tiafra, Tiafra Lopez against Lomachenko. L- Lopez is enormous and like you mentioned in part 1, like Lopez is looking to eventually move up to Potentially middleweight later yeah. in his later in his was, career. Yeah, Lopez is an absolute monster of lightweight. He would absolutely wipe the floor with, with uh, Lee Selby. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm.
0: Um, I don't know about the fight. I don't, I don't know enough about the, the guy whose name mm. I can't pronounce, mm. which goes like that. Um, but I'm. I have no uh, confidence in Lee Selby. Really now. I think he. I think so. This is really. This is a really interesting point because you 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 tell me like. And and I, I agree with you about there's too much stock placed in undefeated record. Yeah, but I would say on the flip of that, there is stock that can be placed in the fact that you've got an undefeated record because mm. you haven't seen the vulnerabilities. Whereas I think when you're looking talk about Lee Selby, who has lost fights, you can see the fact that he is not going to be, um, he's not he's not invincible.
1: Yeah,
0: and I I don't know about the Greek guy. I can't comment on that. But I mean, you you don't put him in. You don't put him in the ring with Lopez. No. Who got killed?
1: No, no. And, and this is what we're talking about with Lewis Ritson, um, in part one as well. And 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 to be fair, there's not there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. You know, these guys are talented boxers and we've we've spoken before about like the value of the British belt and the European belt being diluted because We've got um, world title belts and world title fights happening left, right, and centre. And actually, like in the by, you know, in the nineties, for example, if you won the British title, was a big deal. Yeah, it was. And you know, there's there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you know if Lewis, if Lewis Ritson or Lee Selby, you know, want to be British champion or European champion and win those fights, fantastic, and we'll watch them and 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 cheer them on, and that's absolutely brilliant. But if we're talking about world title level. I don't see Lee Selby in the lightweight division being in that in that category. Nah.
0: There's no shame in being the best person absolutely at not. your sport in England. Absolutely not. Do you know what absolutely I mean like, absolutely ridiculous to yeah. say otherwise? Yeah. It's just that where the mega money is, and to be honest, the mega money is only in the is, that it is. really only in the heavier fights as well, uh, the heavier yeah. weights as well. Okay, so a couple of other undercard matches. So we've had Lee Selby. A um, couple of. Other, do you know anything about Savannah Marshall?
1: I do. On. She's unbeaten, eight fights, eight wins. She's fighting. Um, so this is a rearranged fight, isn't it? To be mm. clear, this was this. Meant was to be Lewis Ritz on the yeah. card, um, but uh, I believe her coach, I think, tested positive for coronavirus. He or? did. It was.
0: Um, um, it was a well-known, well-known coach whose name escapes <laughs>
1: me. The coach tested positive for um, coronavirus, and uh, it was rearranged. Not um, like Peter Fury. I think it was actually. Yes, I think it was Peter yeah. Fury. Yeah, it was Peter. Skillfully by Eddie Hearn, just next on to his uh, his next big card. So it's on the um, the Chisora Usyk um, undercard. Um, I think it's a, from looking at it. I mean, let me be clear. I'm I'm not an expert on on this fight, but um, but uh, for, from the little I know about it, it, looks it looks like a bit of a shoe in for Savannah Marshall. To be honest, um, I would love to be proved wrong and hope it's competitive. But um, I think it's probably going to be one way traffic. Fine,
0: and then um, finally. Dave Allen, what a hammer blow that was! <laughs>
1: do you want to explain that. Do you want to explain that game for the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> the hammerhead shark, <laughs> the white... What's his, what his name? The white rhino. The white no, no,
0: rhino. no, no, no. Sorry, he, he meant to be fighting Christian Hammer.
1: Mm. I've missed that joke. Sorry, ah, I missed
0: that. Sorry, it's tough. It's tough. It's It is a tough crowd. When you meant to be, uh, you meant to be talking boxing and. Uh, yeah anyway so yeah he's meant to be fighting Christian Hammer uh, Christian Hammer of course he was with um, Covid uh, and uh, so he's not <laughs> no, <you're laughs> he's right. involved anymore so um, <laughs> hence the joke Hammer Blow thanks Dave for that really, <laughs> really that. real support real, I feel real support for my co-presenter there um, so uh, Dave Allen's going to fight an uh, as yet unnamed opponent um,
1: he's um, so he's, he's left Eddie Hearn hasn't he Dave Allen yeah. He's um he's with MTK now um, so it's quite interesting to see him on on the undercard here. Um, we we've got a lot of time for Dave Allen, have we? Won a lot of money on Dave Allen. We before. have actually, yeah, we have won a lot of money on Dave Allen. Um, he's you look at Dave Allen, you think, how on earth is Dave Allen a heavyweight boxer? But somehow he does manage win mean, it. He's a bit of a fan favourite, isn't he, Dave Allen? You know, you just you just can't help but root for Dave Allen.
0: He's like he's like the it's like he's 16-17 stone. Yeah. And you've got two ways of being 16-17 stone and one of them is Anthony Joshua and one of them is Dave Allen. And Dave Allen, like don't get me wrong, I want to fight him and I really like him. I, I really got a lot of time with Dave Allen but he's not He's just not he's not he's not a chiseled athlete, he's not he's nothing like that, he's just a slugger. And the it, thing is with Dave but Allen he's not, it, but he he's, wins. He's,
1: he's, he's not trying to be that either. No, he's not no, trying to be that. He knows his niche and he knows he knows what he needs to do. He's a fan favourite, he's a people pleaser, and like he's to be honest, as an undercard, he's an absolute win, isn't he? He is. As an undercard. He really is. He is. There you go then, All right? So if you're gonna have a bet, feel free. We will talk we're Trust saying us, Dave Allen to win, like the boost is like what is it? Dave Allen to knockout. Dave, is one to three or something like that. Dave Allen will be
0: early, and
1: Dave Allen will be, and you have this little
0: sweetie little yellow box which makes you think you're you're guaranteed to win money, <laughs> on Skybet He'll be rounds one to two, or rounds one one to two, or one to three, and he'll be three to one, and the Sky Boost will give you four to one. And you'll be like, ah, oh, sweet, I'll chuck all my money on that. on that. That's
1: bound to come in now that it's my boost, and then. You'll be disappointed because you've listened to this podcast. Yeah, what'll happen is, is it you'll, 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 it'll come in, but then what you'll do is you'll blow it all on the main event, which is what we do.
0: <laughs> Welcome to our world. Yeah. Part three next.
1: In a world full of questions.
0: Who has the best movie bid? Which movie death is best? Which Disney villain had the best song? one podcast answers them all that movie list podcast a podcast full of lists quizzes occasional accidental humor and filler so much filler like lists like movies like podcasts download that movie list podcast wherever
1: you get your
0: podcasts rated pg-13 for mild power and occasional nudity So it's part three now and we get to watch another Anthony Joshua fight. This time, it's the fourth of his um, epic rise to fame and it is against Dorian Darch, a Welsh engineer. So we've just finished watching the fight, Dave. What are your initial impressions?
1: I think Dorian's come with, uh, come with a little bit of a game plan. I think, I think going into the fight, we were talking, was he seven, seven wins, two losses. It's actually a big night for him, to be fair. Like, we shouldn't downplay it. Like, you know, he's going into that fight... And definitely, from what we've seen uh, just now, he has a game plan. He's he's definitely trying to win that fight. Unfortunately, he's hopelessly outclassed. But 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 the, but I think I think obviously this is fight four. This is this is a significant step up for for AJ. Wouldn't you say? I would. I would. I would agree. I think the um the
0: thing the thing to call out straight away is that Dorian Darch is no is no joke. Um, he's fought against subsequently against Daniel Dubois and he's fought against Dave Allen which we were who we were just rinsing in the uh last part of this podcast but he's you know he he's he's a tidy fighter look he's not a part he's not a full timer he's part timer he's like i say he's an engineer from wales he's got a very mixed record but actually you know there's a reason why some people have got undefeated records and some people have got a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. And I think Dorian Darch is definitely the, sort of the top end of the mixed bag people.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at, look at the fight, it doesn't go long, you know, but um, certainly in the in the first round, up until the last 30 seconds of the first round, Dorian Darch gives it all he's got and, and you know, he's clearly come with a game plan. He, he tries a couple of right hands. He, he does clip Joshua a couple of times and, you know, AJ has to switch on here. Like, definitely.
0: Yeah, I agree. What's the um, terminology of the box? The, um, commentator used facial rearrangement Mm. yeah there was a few there was a few a few difficult to watch punches I think um, AJ really found his found his kind of aim at the end of the at the end of the first and the start of the second I think it was a real um, masterclass Mm. I think it's good I think AJ is finding his range here I think he's Understanding what he needs to do, I think he's partly thinking bloody hell, that the more rounds I have out here, the less rounds I've got to have out the back, which will probably be more taxing.
1: Yeah. And but, um. But this is this is why we were getting so excited about Anthony Joshua because like that this is like a few months after the the third fight against uh, Jorge Kisched, it was. Um, it was a significant step up in class Dorian darch like looks looks fairly decent like throws some throws some good punches undefeated. in the first round undefeated like you know looks good, looks Sorry, good that's yeah. not true he wasn't undefeated looks good but like seven, no, seven. Win, he has a, he has a winning record, winning like. record like, he, lo- what, he looks he looks decent in the first round and the difference for me here is aj looks fully focused looks really switched on and delivers some really clinical punches and particularly in the first round, I mean, when he when he hurts Story Darch the first time, I think it's about thirty seconds to go in the first round. If you look it up, he hits him with he hits him with a right hand, and Darch just goes back to the ropes, and then AJ just loads up and just unleashes. Him. And he's saved by the bell, isn't he? Really? You can't round. you
0: can't actually remember any punches that Joshua f- f- threw until yeah. the punch where. Yeah. It's questionable whether the darts can continue. It's yeah. at least that sickening.
1: And 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 that's why it's so exciting when you're when you're watching AJ in these these um early early fights is that it's that it's that one right that sneaks through to the temple and people people either go over or it's pretty much good night. And and we were just getting so excited at this point, weren't we?
0: What AJ was at this point was a kind of and and you know, this is a this 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 ages me immediately. Was just a text your mate kind of conversation where it was like, "I'm just watching Anthony Joshua and I'm fully on the bandwagon. I'm going, well, he's going to be some guy. I mean, obviously, I picked it after two fights, but (laughs) (laughs) yet to see evidence. Yet to see evidence. Yeah, Was
1: it it, Twitter? Twitter.
0: Twitter, Yeah. Um, I mean, Ben, our producer, has confirmed it, so um, I'm standing, I'm standing by that. But yeah, anyway, so you like, you, you get on the bandwagon, you go, look, you just. You know, text a mate because this is this is the guy. This this guy is going to be a real big deal. It it really um, reminds me of uh, Lopez mm. that we've just we talked about in part one. Like, you, this is the time to get on the Lopez bandwagon yeah. because he's going to be a big deal. He's twenty three, mm. I believe. Yeah,
1: twenty three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we've got we've got you know we've got the comparisons between Lopez and Joshua. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out.
1: But we, but with Joshua at this point, you know. When you look at the heavyweight landscape at the at this moment in time, so what are we like? Twenty was it twenty fourteen something like that? Oh, at before this, that, at I this mean, point, yeah. so so Fury hasn't even beaten Klitschko at this point. No. so at, at this moment in time, we we'll, the heavyweight landscape is dominated by Vladimir Klitschko.
0: The Klitschko, the, the Klitschko, yeah, the
1: Klitschko's own it, and, and actually like a, a lot of people were accusing of, of, of sterilizing the heavyweight division and making it quite boring. You know, Vladimir Klitschko. Um, he's a fantastic boxer and loved a jab and was very technical and would often win on points or you know late stoppages. But here we are seeing a young uh, British—let's be clear—British heavyweight absolutely blow away opponents and, and knock people out within one or two rounds. And everyone's thinking, "Well, here we go!" Like let's light up because let's let's be clear. Like for boxing to thrive, the heavyweight division needs to thrive as well the heavyweight division is the yeah. is the well, it's ultimate it's the ultimate it's the ultimate it's what we've been talking about for all these podcasts and and here we are with like a a, a heavyweight uh, champion from from Britain um, who's won Olympic gold knocking people out left right and centre and we're we're just getting so excited at this point
0: indeed and do you know what I'm really pleased that we got through the uh, conversation about Vladimir Klitschko with absolutely no spoilers anyway <laughs> 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 anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, we're going to flick over to our producer, He's going to give you some uh, important reminders and make sure you subscribe. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the From the Canvas podcast, brought to you by the Views from the Sofa Network. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get involved in the conversation? then find us on social media. Just search for From the Canvas Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.